Welcome to Jersey Guy Sports, your sports talk home for the Yanks, the Giants, the Rangers, and the Rutgers Scarlet Knights. And I'm your host, Don. I want to thank you for listening today. Now, today I'm going to be discussing the New York Giants beating the Washington Commanders for their second win of the year with some inspired defensive play and some inspired quarterback play. So let's go ahead and start. Hey, it's nice to finally talk about a win for the New York Giants. The Giants hung on for dear life and they beat the Washington Commanders 14 to 7 in a game that featured the most punts in the NFL for 2023. Uh, it wasn't pretty, it wasn't great, but hey, you know, if you're a Giants fan, you know you will take it. It's at least a win. So, woo! Uh, Tyrod Taylor played well for the second straight week, very well at times. The Giants' defense looked pretty strong most of the game and pressured the Washington quarterback, Sam Howell, all night, finally. Um, Dexter Lawrence was great, and we even heard the name Leonard Williams called out by an announcer, which is probably the first time all year I friggin' heard that name called. Our offensive line was better somewhat, although mostly in the first half and certainly not in the second half. Saquon Barkley didn't do his hesitation, stop and start in the middle of the hole quite as much as he normally does, so he was even running a little more, you know, straightforward and with a little more authority, finally. And, you know, the the Giants came away with, with a win, and they beat a Washington team, you know, that they seem to handle pretty frequently. I have basically three overall quick takes from the game. This is going to be a short podcast, guys. I have three quick takes from the game. One of them is clear as day to me that the Giants need to find a way to get a better quarterback in here. After seeing Tyrod Taylor two weeks in a row now move this offense way better than Daniel Jones ever could, there are lots of little things that I want to talk about here which seem like they are necessary traits in a quarterback that Daniel Jones does not have. So that's number one. Number two... There might be some hope for this Giants defense after a second straight week of good performances here, which, by the way, followed five weeks of terrible defense. There had been so much talk, you know, last week after they played well about, you know, how well they played most of the year, which is just patently, blatantly false. This defense has been very, very bad, outshadowed only by the terrible Giants offense. So the Giants defensive, you know, play has been overshadowed by just how dreadful the Giants' offense has been. But for the second straight week, the defense played pretty, pretty damn well. So maybe there's hope for this defense yet. And then my third take, which I'm going to get into in a little bit too, is don't take too much away from this one game. We always, always beat Washington. So just Giants fans, try to stay grounded here. So let's take a look at each of my three takes one by one. So the first take was about our quarterback and how it was clear as day to me that the Giants need to find a way to get a better quarterback in here than Daniel Jones. Tyrod Taylor had another, another good game with a really poor, poor and injured Giants offensive line. Taylor completed 18 of 29 passes. He had 279 yards and two touchdowns and no interceptions. So it was another good game after having a very good game against Buffalo, in my opinion, last week, even though he made that terrible audible call, which ran the clock out. But Taylor played well against Buffalo, and Taylor played well, for the most part, in this game against Washington. So this is two weeks in a row. Um, He also had five completions of more than 20 yards. Now imagine that if you're a Giants fan. When's the last time a Giants offense had more than five completions over 20 yards? That just doesn't happen. 
what I want to talk about is some of the little things that you can see when Taylor's in there that you just don't see when Daniel Jones is there. And that's the following. Tyrod Taylor moves in the pocket. He has a feel for the pressure, which Daniel Jones just does not have. And I think most decent quarterbacks have this innate feel for pressure. Um, and it's not necessarily even vision where you're seeing the rush or turning your head. It's just a presence where you feel pressure, you move a certain way, you take a few steps. Taylor has that. Also, Tyron Taylor, when he's moving with the pressure, keeps his eyes downfield, right? He does not just take off and run. And that's what Daniel Jones does. When there is pressure and Jones does feel it, it's that's that's it. He just takes off and runs. There, there's nothing else to the play. It's either he drops back and passes or he takes off and runs. There's an in-between, which Taylor showed a lot of times, and particularly this week, where you take a few steps, maybe you roll out to the left or right, but you keep your eyes downfield and look for players to get open and throw the ball. And Jones never or rarely, rarely, rarely does that. And you see Taylor do that very effectively, right? You move a few steps, maybe you move laterally after that, you keep your eyes up downfield before you decide to take off and run and see if you can throw the ball. And then if you can't, then you take off and run. Jones often is one or the other. Throw the ball, get sacked, or just run. Sometimes you have to take a few steps, evade the rush, and then throw the ball. Jones doesn't. It's never been clear to me uh, over the last two games watching Tyrod Taylor do this effectively. Um, And this is not even counting, by the way, the accuracy that I can see on some of these passes, and especially the short ones. Sometimes Daniel Jones cannot even put any kind of touch on shorter passes or cannot lead crossing people, you know, receivers that are running crossing patterns or even running backs running little flares out to the side. You have to put the ball on them, you know, in front of them where they can catch it and keep running. And, you know, obviously this, I'm talking about things that are obvious now, but it's something that gets forgotten frequently when talking about Daniel Jones and the Giants, because you know, there's a certain level of accuracy that's sort of assumed with Jones amongst a lot of people that I know that just is not there. If you're paying attention, there are certain throws that he's pretty accurate on. There's other ones that he just has to make and he just doesn't. So I'm not even talking about the traits that involve just pure accuracy. The traits that I see in Taylor that I don't see in Jones are this pocket presence and the ability to make plays and look downfield while you're under pressure and while you're on the move. And that's to me, very critical. <clears throat> Not quite as critical as just being accurate, which Taylor was, but it's very critical. Speaking of accuracy, Taylor was really good on those long passes, right? He dropped a lot of them in there, um, and, and he really had you know Darren Waller as his favorite receiver a lot of times. A lot of long passes to a rookie wide receiver. It's a good sign, and, and it's a sign that we have a good backup quarterback, but it's also sort of, I guess, a smash to the head, maybe a wake-up call for people to see what it is that quarterback should be doing. I mean, Tyra Taylor is not even a starting quarterback in the NFL. And look how much better at things he is than our $40 million a year Daniel Jones starting quarterback, right? Again, we can't make too much of the last two games. And specifically, you can't make a lot out of this Washington game, which I'll talk about in a minute. But some of the traits that he has are pretty evident to me. So that was number one. My second take had to do with there might be some hope for this defense after a second trade week of good performances after five terrible weeks of defensive play. 
two games is not a season, certainly, but it's really nice to see two games back to back where the Giants are pressuring the quarterback. Two games where we're not being gashed for long runs and big plays and big passes and blown coverages. Where we're not taking defensive penalty after penalty after penalty. It was nice. We had two consecutive games now where the defense looked pretty strong. The defense has potential. Dexter Lawrence was a beast in this game. Holy moly, was Lawrence a beast. He was really good getting in there. Um, By the way, you know, after Bobby Okarake had one good game in Washington and suddenly was being praised for having a good year, he's not having a good year. He's our free agent linebacker. That was supposed to be this great pickup from the Colts. He's had a really bad year. He had the one good game against Buffalo. He was basically invisible again against Washington. Um, Fine. The defense played well. But um, there are some other pieces to it that certainly need to continue to fall into place, such as Thibodeau. Again, he was absent from this game completely. You know, he didn't really get noticed, except for, by the way, he did get noticed, right, when he dropped what is the easiest pick six in history from the commander's quarterback, Sam Howell. So Thibodeau did get noticed. He did, by the way, have a few sacks over the last couple games, Thibodeau. So I don't want to make it seem like he's done absolutely nothing this year. But my feeling about him and my take on him has not changed since the moment we drafted him. And that is that he is not influencing games. He is a number five overall draft pick who is absolutely not influencing football games. He's not. He's just not. And he looks like a draft bus unless he turns things around and starts actually impacting games start to finish. You know, let's see him impact a game. He doesn't seem to do any of that. And yes, I know he's had a sack or two, you know, a couple of sacks over the last three games, but I'm sorry, it's not enough. And it's certainly, even though he had actual sacks, he was not impacting the game much at all. And they were never in big spots and never when we needed him. When I say impacting games, I mean on big third downs when, you know, the other team really needs a first down, getting a sack like Lawrence did a few times yesterday and some other people, you know, throughout the season. He needs to impact games and he has not done that He's only done that once in his career. So that's number number two is the defense showed some signs of life. Number three, I mentioned my last take on this game. Don't overanalyze this game. We barely, barely, barely beat a Washington Commanders team that is now three and four. And we beat them to our detriment sometimes. There was a record number of punts in this game, the most in the NFL this season, right? It was not pretty. A win is a win is a win, right? But (laughs) you need to, as fans, you know, appreciate your wins, celebrate, be happy and stuff. But when you think about what moves need to be made next, when the trade deadline is coming up, when other things are happening, who should we keep, who should we not, what direction should we do going forward, you have to step back and look at the big picture. You cannot have recency bias. Oh, we won this game. Therefore, we're good enough to not do this. You have to step back and say, great, we beat the commanders. What does that mean? And I'll tell you what it means. It doesn't mean shit. This game doesn't mean shit. And I'll tell you why. We always, always, always beat the Washington commanders to our detriment sometimes. And I mean, good years, bad years. We've always had success against the Washington commanders. You know how we always lose the Eagles, no matter how good a team or how bad a team we have for 20, 30 years? It's true, right? We, 
the opposite is true against Washington. We always be Washington, no matter how good or bad we are throughout the years. And you can go back and look. You might remember, even to our detriment, as I mentioned a minute ago, you may remember, you know, Chase Young was drafted in 2020 by, you know, as you can see, Washington, as he was all over our quarterbacks today. And the reason why he's on Washington and not the Giants, because we won a fucking meaningless December game against Washington in, at the end of 2019 in a terrible Giants year that moved us from three wins to four games. It was a game right around Christmas. And so instead of finishing the year with three wins, we finished the year with four wins. And instead of being able to draft second, we ended up drafting like eighth or ninth. And that was it. We basically could not draft Chase Young. And Chase Young is now going to be chasing our quarterbacks for, you know, five or ten more years. All because we won a meaningless game against Washington in December. And it prevented us from getting him. Now, that is not to say that we should, you know, just go into full tankathon mode and not win any more games this year. I'm just saying that we always beat Washington. We always beat them. Even in that dreadful, awful year, we we won that game that year. And that was the result of it. So the bottom line is, yes, we beat Washington. We had a good couple drives in the first half. Finally, we scored an offensive touchdown. We scored a few offensive touchdowns. We moved the ball. In the second half, the defense looked terrible. Uh, no, sorry. The offense looked, looked pretty terrible. The offensive line, we didn't move the ball much. Bottom line is don't get too into this one game. I'll give you one more example of how we always beat Washington. I, I, I get on Thibodeau all the time, and for good reason. And he has been absolutely not impacting games, as I mentioned, since the beginning of his career, except for one game. The one game that Thibodeau did influence the game, you might remember, was last year in primetime against Washington, where he had like two sacks, a forced fumble, a fumble recovery. He had a really good game and impacted the game against Washington. I'm telling you, there's just something about Washington. We always beat them. It's great. We got to win. Be happy about it. But you have to step back and continue to understand that this is a two and five team. So don't anal- don't overanalyze this game. Um, the Giants need to basically sell at the trade deadline if that's a term in football and it certainly is in baseball um we need to get rid of some big contracts make room for some free agency money stock up on draft picks try to build this team better this team needs offensive linemen this team needs better defensive players in spite of the good play in the last two games and because of the poor play the first five games it certainly was a nice win to get, right? It's nice to score an offensive touchdown or two. It's nice to see a quarterback lay a ball in on a deep throw. It's nice to see a quarterback run out of the pocket, be on the move, not immediately take off over the line of scrimmage, but continue to keep his eyes downfield and then hit someone in stride while he's on the run. It's nice to see all that. It's great. It's great. It's great. It's nice to feel something that's not embarrassment for being a Giants fan, even if it's only for a couple of days or a week this week until we, you know, meet the Jets. But fans need to continue to just see the big picture. And the big picture is this, guys. This Giants team is not a good team. It's not a good team, guys. Don't trick yourself into thinking there's some big comeback this year. You know, we're playing some shitty teams over the next month or so. So, you know, we might get another win or two or something. But this is not a good team, right? And and yes, it's fun to get wins. Yes, it's fun to, you know, 
not feel embarrassed. That's great. And that's <laughs> something to feel positive. It was a very good football weekend, by the way, with the Rutgers winning in Indiana and the Giants beating, you know, the Commanders. It was a nice football weekend. But let's face it, this Giants team probably needs a new quarterback for the reasons I've explained. And one that certainly, it's a team that certainly needs to improve its offensive line at a minimum. And I'm not even going to talk about any of the defensive problems that we have in we have friggin' defensive problems. Don't don't fake yourself out. This team needs things. Teams that need a new quarterback, offensive line pieces, and many defensive pieces are not good teams. Just don't be deceived. It's a great win. It's a great feeling. It's not. It's going to last for a few days. Giants fans should be satisfied. They should be happy to get something out of this loss season. It was really nice to see a win. To see the fans cheering at Giants Stadium. It was really, really nice. So hopefully we can carry it forward and have something positive happen with the season. And that's all I have for you today. Thank you for listening to Jersey Guy Sports. Please subscribe to the podcast. Tell your friends about it. And I'll be back soon with some more sports talk. Thanks. Have a good day.